Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. This is Align Designs, the show about creating a life of ease and flow and encouraging women to be 100% authentically themselves by following their inner authority and practicing transparency and vulnerability. This is the place where you can collect all the tools to help you construct your best life through the lens of human design. Here's your host, Allison Cullen. I'm super excited for today's podcast episode. It is all about decluttering. There's a lot of stuff in here about motherhood and kids' toys and minimalism and all of that kind of stuff. So if you're a mom, this is definitely going to be up your alley and lots of good info for you. But even if you don't have kiddos, this has a lot of really good information on decluttering and the psychological benefits of decluttering and the energetics around all of it and all that kind of stuff. So a couple of bits of homework for y'all as you listen Add Janine on Instagram. Janine Brown is on Instagram under the Sunrise Village. Check out the show notes. She has a freebie available for y'all there. And then also get enrolled in the five-day decluttering challenge, which will also be in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, Janine, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. Yay. Okay. So Jeannie and I met on Instagram and I've just been devouring her content. She's so great. I will definitely put her Instagram handle in the show notes so you can follow her and check her out. But Janine, let us know how in the world did you get into this line of work and what, like, what do you, what do you do for people? What do you love about it? How, how did this all start for you? So my kind of journey through decluttering probably started about four years ago when I first became a mom. My first year of motherhood was a crazy one. Uh, we had my first daughter, Olivia, and within six months, my husband had an old neck and back injury that had really flared up. And long story short, he needed to get surgery on his neck and his back and our daughter was eight months old. So I went from being married and kind of doing my thing with my husband to taking care of our eight month old and also taking care of my husband as he recovered from this major surgery. And it just kind of wiped our family out, like emotionally, financially, it was very expensive. It just took so much out of us. And my husband had actually lost his job just a few months before that. And so it was just a really hard season for us. And as I was kind of taking care of everyone and trying to manage it, my husband wasn't able to pick up anything over five pounds. So that meant he couldn't even pick up our daughter. He also couldn't bend over. So he couldn't put any dish from the dish 
like into the dishwasher after he had used it. He couldn't just like pick up after himself. So I was literally just trying to pick up the pieces and keep everything going. And it was incredibly overwhelming. And it got to a point where my daughter got a little bit older and we were kind of struggling to come back from everything. And I stumbled upon the popular book, The Magical Art of Tidying Up. And I thought the book was very motivating. She did a beautiful job of capturing all of the benefits of decluttering. Um, But as a mom, some of the systems, it felt like it was so much harder to find a huge chunk of time to declutter. And I just didn't have those huge amounts of time. And I needed to find a way to kind of do it in the slivers of moments that I could find throughout the day. And my daughter was in that stage. I know every mom knows this stage where she would just dump out every bin of toys that were in our house. She wouldn't play with them, but she would just dump everything out. And then she'd go away to nap and I would spend the whole nap time picking it up only to have her wake up before I could even vacuum. And this went on for months. And when I finally just decided to try it my own way and just declutter things and make that the focus, I started to see huge changes, not only in myself, but in my daughter as well. I remember the first time I decluttered all of the toys and she came downstairs and I think she must've been about a year, a year and a half. And she said, Ooh, mama Mm -hmm. and pretty. And she, she could even notice at that young age, just having a peaceful space to explore and use her imagination and creativity. And it completely changed my life over the years because all of a sudden I didn't have to spend as much time cleaning and tidying up. And I was able to have room for more things that I wanted to explore. And so as I did that, one of the things that I realized I wanted to explore was helping other moms who were just feeling so overwhelmed by all the stuff in their house and needing some space to be able to figure that out, figure out what brings them joy and what lights them up and realizing that there can be space. It doesn't always need to be all hard. There can be more peace in our motherhood. And I think that's sometimes something that we don't even think is like on the horizon for us. We think, oh, when our kids are 18, we'll relax. When our kids are 18, we'll get to slow down. But really, as moms, we want to enjoy our kids. We don't want to just clean up after them. We want to enjoy the people that they're becoming. And for me, decluttering was like an avenue to help me do that, to help me spend more time with my kids and be a more present mom. And so that's when I started helping other moms. And now I coach moms to help them work through their home and declutter their home so that they can also find that, that relief that uh, can be found by so many moms through decluttering. I freaking love this. This (laughs) is so needed. And I was like you, I read the Marie Kondo book and watched the Netflix and all of that 
And it's so it's it's really fun to watch and it's fun to read. And I love her view of like, does this bring you joy? Because I think that's such yeah. a huge thing. But you're right, like that her her whole system was something that I couldn't keep up for very long. And for, and I did that before I was a mom. Like I, I couldn't keep it up before I was a mom. I haven't even tried now that I'm a mom. And kudos for to you for going through all of that. Like I, I was just talking to somebody about this this morning. Our daughter is almost two. And I feel like I have some sense of PTSD where I'm like, I don't know if I want another child because mm. that was a hard two years because yeah. we got out of the fourth trimester and then the pandemic happened and it's been like a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you, you didn't go through a pandemic the first time, but you went through your own set of hardships. So um, kudos to you. I hope that everything just gets easier and easier. <laughs> and I also really resonate because the second the pandemic started, my husband um, was out of work. He works in the photography industry and that shut down for a good six months. So he, so we, I took our child and went and lived with my parents for a little while. And he basically gutted our house because we were always planning on renovating. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, well, if I'm not working, if I can't work, I might as well do this on my own, save money by not having to pay people to do it. But you know, all that kind of stuff. So we came back last summer and things were not yet totally back together as far as the house. And there was crap everywhere. Just, I mean, it was total clutter. So we've spent the last 12 months slowly getting things back to some sense of normalcy inside our house. We still don't have kitchen countertops or drawers, which is Thing. but we're getting there and I'm like so ready to declutter so I'm super excited to chat with you and all my listeners know that I I like to touch on like the woo-woo aspects of everything and mm -hmm. the energetics and that's like we can we can sort of get into this as you give your tips but um that's something huge I've learned two different things one in manifestation and as you're like trying to level up in whatever way that means for you and just like have be, be able to access the joy and the peace and all of those feelings that we want to feel as mothers. Mm -hmm. One huge part of that is getting rid of things and situations and events and people and busyness in your life that doesn't serve you anymore. Yes. And that doesn't bring you joy. And a huge part of that is the physical our physical space. And I promise you every time I've taken 30 minutes to clean out whatever and create a goodwill pile and take it to goodwill, like something, one of my manifestations always comes through, or I'll have some random person from my past reach out to me about something that's like a cool connection and bring something cool into my life or, or just like it always happens right away. It's really absolutely nuts. Do you ever, does that resonate with you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I find that when I declutter and when my house feels more calm, it's almost like your other senses are able to come through a little bit stronger because you're not putting all of your energy into being focused on the mess around you. Mm -hmm. As women, we can't a lot of us cannot focus when there's clutter around us. 
Like we can't focus on anything else. And they've actually done studies where decluttering your house can actually help you and aid you in focusing and getting more focused on tasks. So things all, you know, all the moms right now, there's so many of us work at home moms. If you're having to work and stare at clutter all day, that is going to inhibit your productivity mm-hmm. more than you would ever even realize. Totally. Um, and I also took a course a while ago about independent play for kiddos. Mm-hmm. And the gal that was teaching it was talking about how mess and clutter and all kinds of stuff, like, like not like a crazy pack rat clutter, but just like lots. Of, I mean, what I'm looking at right now in my daughter's room increases cortisol and adrenaline in not only the adult, the parents, but the child and them growing up like that. It's like they're being chased by a tiger 24 seven, which is Mm -hmm. terrible. Yeah. So just from a health and mental health aspect for your child, like this is super important. Absolutely. UCLA was the one that did that study. And it basically showed that when a woman walks into a room with clutter their cortisol, their stress hormone will automatically rise. And I think so many times, exactly what you were saying, we only, you know, we hear, oh, that's for women, but we don't even consider, okay, if that is what it's doing to us, then what is it doing to our kids? What is it doing to the little ones who can't communicate what they need Mm -hmm. and can't communicate that, you know, all of this stuff, this makes me feel anxious, or I don't have an open area and an open space where I can play and use my imagination and be creative because there's too much stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think, oh, my kid pulled all of these things out. So they must play with it all. And you're like, no, they're not playing with it all. They're trying to pull that stuff out so they can get to the toys that they actually like. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing for us all to realize. Hey, y'all, Allison here. I'm interrupting this episode for a quick message to any of the parents out there. Are you a parent who is digging into your human design? Maybe you have printed out your child's human design chart, but you have no idea how to use this in combination with your chart to figure out how to make life go a little bit easier in the parenthood department. Well, I have created an awesome, simple, short course for you called Parenting 101. You will definitely want to go and get enrolled in this today. You can go to aligndesigns.co, go to online courses, scroll down to mid page, and you will see Masterclass Human Design Parenting 101. It's a 45 minute masterclass. It walks you through every part of your chart and your child's chart and gives you the resources you need to help your child practice their energy type support them in becoming their most authentic self and help you become the best human design teacher your child could ever ask for and vice versa. Get signed up today and I'm excited to see how it goes for you. And I think it's important for moms to know too, that it's not just neat freaks or people Mm -hmm. who are like OCD that get the adrenaline. Yeah. we as human beings are not meant to have as much stuff as we do. 
Mm -hmm. I just finished reading a book called Affluenza. It's about Mm -hmm. the pandemic of affluence, which I'm all for making money and all of that kind of stuff. But the the overconsumption and the whole idea of like, every time you go to the store, you need to get a new toy is just, that's not how us as humans were meant to live and Mm -hmm. having all of these things. So that's, I, I love that book. I might ask for your recommendations on some resources and books. And also I have a like free five day decluttering challenge. That's not just about physical. There's like physical is one of the days I might ask you to like be a guest speaker on that. Oh, I would love that. And um, a a short training for you. I'm I'm just like telling you this in the middle of our podcast recording, but I feel like that would be awesome. So those of you who are, who have the spring cleaning challenge, just be looking for an update because I'll have Janine put something fun in there. You'll, I'll definitely link this podcast episode for sure. Um, okay, so give us some tips and tricks and just take us through decluttering your kids' toys. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of like what we were talking about, um, there are a lot of benefits to decluttering in your home that sometimes we don't even realize that those things are connected. So I just wanted to share some of the other things. Um, We talked about, you know, how the cortisol levels rise. So we know that decluttering can reduce our stress. Um, Other things that studies have found is that decluttering can actually help in weight loss because when we don't have all of this other clutter around us, we are able we feel like we have more space internally to focus on other things. So that can lead to weight loss. Um, Decluttering also leads to having more time, especially as a mom, having more time to look into things like human design or to start a business. Or one of the major things for me was kind of the trauma that we had after with uh, my husband's surgeries. Um, I came out of that feeling really overwhelmed and thinking that I was depressed. And what I actually had was something called compassion fatigue and people, a lot of people get it when they are caregivers essentially. And I never would have had capacity to learn that had I not decluttered and had more room in my life to be able to focus on myself inwardly. And I think that's something that's really important for moms, especially. Um, Decluttering can also help you sleep better because you don't have as much on your mind. You're not overwhelmed by your room. You know, we talk, we hear so much about our space and how much um, having a calm room can help with your sleep. And obviously having a cleaner home. They, one of the things that I found that was very captivating to me early on in my decluttering journey was that you can actually reduce 40% of your housework by decluttering. Now, I mean, I literally don't know a single mom who is not wanting to reduce 40% of her house cleaning. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is like, that sold me on it. (laughs) Um, And what we're really going to talk about on this podcast is the benefits of our kids having less toys. So, and kind of what decluttering toys looks like there. We know that 
some of the benefits of having less toys are having increased creativity. So if they have less toys, they're not going from toy to toy to toy as quickly. They're focusing more on one toy and seeing what new things they can use it for. One of the things that my husband and I got such a kick out of was when my oldest daughter, Olivia, we bought her, um, or actually we didn't buy her. We had requested it from a family member, um, that like Melissa and Doug sweep set. So it comes with like a broom and a dustpan and all these different little things. And you would think that she would just use it to sweep with, but it became swords. And the most creative thing I saw her do with it, which we got such a kick out of, was she would take the long stand that was meant to hold all the brooms and she would hold it. And when I was like playing Disney music really loud in our kitchen, she would put on like an airband and use that stand as her microphone and sing into it. Like she saw when we would watch like the voice or something. So when your kids start to have less toys, you really see that imagination and creativity start to flow out of them because they have less to play with, but they're kind of challenged with what more can I use this for? And that's just something that that doesn't happen when they have an enormous amount of toys, they can just go from one thing to the next. And having a little bit of boredom is actually good for kids. It's good because that's when creativity is stimulated. And um, one of the other things that I always get asked with in regards to decluttering kids toys is whether or not to declutter with your kids. Like, do I just go into their room or their playroom and just declutter it all? Or do I wait to engage and include my child? And I think that the hard thing with that is that we all know that it's easier to just go in there and do it without your kid. It really is. It's easier to just go in and and get rid of whatever you want to get rid of and be done with it. But the problem with that is that your kids don't learn anything from that. And if they learn anything, it's more negative. And the reason why is because think about it from our perspective. If someone came into our home and got rid of a bunch of our things without asking, that would stress us out. That would make us panic and we would feel really disrespected. Right. And so to our child, it's much the same way. And so there's certainly ages, like if your child is too they're not going to be able to give you much feedback on that. Um, But I would say probably around the age of four is when you want to start just including them. I know that it can be more work almost, uh, especially at the beginning, but it's like with anything, it'll be a little bit more work at the beginning, but the payoff in the end will be huge. So my four-year-old daughter, I would say probably within the last year, I've been including her in on the process a lot more. Pardon me. And she gets really excited about um, donating when I choose a place that she is excited about. That's one of the things that I found with her. So if I say, oh, we're just going to drop this off at Goodwill, not as exciting for her. But if I say, you know, we're going to take these extra blankets of yours and these few extra stuffed animals 
And there's some really lonely puppies and kitties at the SPCA and they, this would really keep them company at night because that was some of the research that I did is where are some more interesting places to donate to that could use our items that you might not think of. Right. And I found that the SPCA loves to have extra blankets and stuffed animals. And what mom is not like, we have a plethora of stuffed animals. So we took those there and it made it so much more exciting for her. And depending on, you know, who's working or what the time frame is, sometimes, you know, she can go through and see some of the animals and that just engages her so much more. And it also engages her ability to be generous And that's something that I want to instill in her. And as moms, we don't always have the time to maybe put into a day of, you know, going out and making an an event. But I think if we can do that even once or twice, then that's what our children are going to kind of draw from. So with Olivia, I just will always include her. I let her lead the entire thing. I say, instead of saying, we're going to get rid of some of your things so much of it is in how we phrase it. So even saying, you know what, Ollie, we're going to, what do you think about maybe giving some more of our stuffed animals to those um, puppies that we saw last time? The other thing that really is a prompt, instead of trying to remember to declutter, you just use birthdays and Christmas. Once you've done your big purge of toys, then you use their birthday and Christmas as another prompt to say, hey, Christmas is coming up or your birthday is coming up. Can we give some of your toys to other kids who don't have toys so that we can make room for some of the new toys that are coming into our house? And just phrasing it that you're making room for the new toys really just switches the dynamic of that entire process and experience for them. And they're so much more open and willing to do it. Yeah. And I think that is just teaching them life skills and not just decluttering. Right. Because with my daughter, one thing that I did a little bit at very early on was I would just get rid of certain things mm-hmm. And she would sometimes see them in the garbage can and like panic <laughs> yeah. and just freak out. And I was like, you know what? No wonder if somebody was going into my room randomly and throwing out stuff and not talking with me, I would feel the same way. And so just talking to her about it, even when I am going to throw something out, saying things like, look, this book is torn on the corners and it's all ripped and look, we're missing some pages do you think this would be a good book to throw out? And she would say, yes. And I'm just kind of walking her through that process. And now every once in a while, she'll come to me and say, mom, this book is really torn. It needs to go in the garbage. Or I asked her one day to go through her books and declutter them. And I thought it was so interesting what books she chose to get rid of and what books she chose to keep. And she got rid of a shockingly quite a few books. And I said, why do you want to get rid of all these books? And she said, they're not happy on the cover. And I don't like looking at their angry faces. And I, I thought, you know what, that makes sense. I I don't, wouldn't really want to look at angry faces either, but it's just through the eyes of a kid. Right. That is so cool. 
have you ever heard the term rye parenting? Or no, I saw something on your Instagram about it and I wanted to look it up because I'm so curious. So I feel like you totally sort of just do this on your own. Um, just, and a lot of moms do this on their own, just with their motherly intuition, but rye parenting is, it's short for respectful something parenting. Oh Um, yes. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about like treating your child, your baby as Mm -hmm. a human being, like an Mm -hmm. human being from the time that they're an infant. So even though they can't speak back to you, it's like speaking to them and telling them what you're going to do, telling them that you're changing their diaper and that you're wiping them and that you're doing X, Y, Z. I know you can't really ask permission, but just giving a heads up the same way that if you were caretaking an adult who was disabled, you would, and who was able to understand you, you say somebody um, you were taking care of a, your grandmother or something, you'd be like, okay, so I'm going to give you a bath now. I'm going to sponge bathe you. I'm going to feed you now. I'm You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's sort of that respect. Mm-hmm. So I was even thinking, I know that they can't really do a whole lot of these things and decision-making until they're three or four, but my daughter's almost two. And I'm like, I wonder, cause it is nuts how much she actually understands. Like when I talk to her. Yeah. I'm, and I work with a lot of moms who have kids with profound needs and, and, um, medically complex kids and special needs and stuff. And even when kids are nonverbal, they still understand a ton. Yeah. Um, It's just magical. And so I'm wondering, even if I, with Caroline, just say, Hey, as you play with your toys, I'm going to put this green box here and it's so weird, Janine, because I was supposed to be recording this podcast in our podcast booth and it was full. So I had to run home to record this. And I'm sitting in my child's bedroom, staring at her too many toys. So it's very ironic. I will post about this on Instagram and it'll be hilarious. But I'm like, maybe if I say that green bin is for any toys that you would like to give to and we can talk about the puppies or we can talk about other kiddos that might not have toys and mm-hmm. all that and be like, if you want to let somebody else use them, since you've used them now for a year or two, put them in there and then we can go together and take them and mm-hmm. see what she does. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would be so interested to see if as a two-year-old, if she would be able, cause I also have a two-year-old, I have a four-year-old and two-year-old. And so, I mean, Quinn is just like a storm. So I don't know if she would even sit down long enough to do that with me, but that would be interesting to see if she would um, respond to that as well. Cause I definitely do it more with Olivia, but I haven't really engaged Quinn in that quite yet. I'm going to play around with it and see. I'm excited. um, Those are some great tips. And one thing my husband and I both have December birthdays, Mm -hmm. so Uh, I was like, if somebody has a December birthday and they celebrate Christmas, then maybe doing like a spring break cleaning where you get one fresh new toy at spring break or at Mm -hmm. the beginning of summer. And then you do your clean out. um, Yes. Decluttering then too. So I I would be upset for having to declutter twice in December. So my daughter, my four-year-old daughter's birthday is actually January and Quinn's birthday. My two-year-old is October. So all like the girl's birthdays and Christmas are all very close together, but I just always find there's an influx of toys 
when it's their birthday. And so it's the easiest natural routine and rhythm to fall into. But actually this year, what we did was we switched it around because of the pandemic and we couldn't um, do a birthday party for Olivia. We said, well, it will probably open up in the summer. So why don't we do a summer outside birthday with a few people instead? And then she still gets to have a birthday, but also then she gets to have the summer toys that she never normally gets in the winter time. So that also helps in terms of, you know, you can have a water gun and you can have a pool and those kinds of things that normally she would never get in the dead of winter. <laughs> Love it. Okay. I interrupted you, but keep oh, on. No. yeah. So the next question that I get, I guess on the, the train of decluttering kids toys would be how many toys to keep. And I always get this question and I really resist answering with a specific number. And The reason why is because the amount of toys that a person needs is always going to be different from person to person, because you're going to have a different amount of kids. You're going to have different children. They're going to have different personalities, different ages, a different house and different weather. So one thing that I find really um, kind of different with my decluttering versus some of the other people that I follow is not everybody lives in a climate that has all four seasons. And when you have all four seasons, you could, I live in Canada. So we have, I mean, sometimes it feels like 12 months, but sometimes we have like eight months out of the year where it's cold outside. And I have to entertain my kids a lot of times indoors. And especially this year, we couldn't go anywhere else. Right. And so the amount of toys that I might have might be more than a mom who lives in California because she can tell her kids to go outside and play all day. And I just don't have that same um, ability. Right. So your weather is going to change things. Your home is going to change things. We have a three level home. And so, you know, I know a lot of people will say, keep your kids toys in one area and that's where the toys stay. Well, for me, if my daughter takes toys from our main level and brings them downstairs and brings them upstairs and brings them outside, then we are having to go and do all of those, you know, going back and forth up the stairs to bring them back to the same spot. And in essence, that's actually creating more work for me. So instead what we do is we have kind of a designated area for toys on each level. Um, In our basement, my is my husband's kind of office and our TV area. And we have a little playroom under the stairs for our girls. So they can keep a few toys in a basket there on our main floor That's where the girls spend most of their playtime. So we have some toys set aside and then they each have one basket in their room. So they have toys on each level. And I don't tell them this toy has to stay on this level because that's another thing I don't want to manage. I want to make it easy and I want to make it super simple. So you have a basket, put the toys in the basket. That's, you know, it doesn't get much easier than that. But um, those things will always change based off of, how many kids you have, the age of those kids. But I would say the most important thing is you need to reach a point where you feel calm and content 
with how many toys are in your home and your kids feel like they have enough that they can be creative and imaginative with. When you feel like you've reached a balance where you're both kind of happy and content, I would say that's kind of your sweet spot. There's no set amount, but you're going to know and everyone is going to have different thresholds for where they feel kind of peaceful. Um, And then in terms of what toys to keep, um, you want to be looking at when you are decluttering, you want to focus on keeping those toys that really help with the creativity and the imagination. You want to steer clear of toys that only do one thing. So if you have a toy that you only press a button and it plays a song, that's not a lot of creativity for a child to be able to play with it. But if you have, like I said, this you know, sweeping toy where they use it as swords and they use it as um, microphones and all these different things, then that might be something that you want to keep in your house. And the other thing, I think all moms know this is just like, watch your kids, watch to see what they gravitate towards, watch to see what they play with. Also watch to see what they are moving to get to what they want. They may pick up a toy, but they might not actually be playing with it. They might just be moving it because they're looking for something else. Um, The other toy that I got rid of that saved so much time were the toys with all of the pieces. We all know those toys. When somebody gifts you something and you're like, thanks. And all you can do is look on the box and see that it says 528 pieces and you just are crying a little bit on the inside and that's normal. Um, those kinds of toys, it doesn't mean we have to get rid of all those toys or we can't have those toys for our kids. But what it does mean is that maybe we only keep a few of those toys that our children really enjoy And we put them in bins in an area where we have to pull it down for them. And that way you can try to cycle out those toys so they can play with them at any point in time. But when they, it's kind of like a library, when you take out one of those toys, you play with it, you put it all back in the bin, bring it back to me and I'll be happy to grab you another toy. That was something that significantly kept my house a lot cleaner. Um, And Other thing is uh, toys with batteries, trying to steer clear of those toys, because those are the toys that are going to, um, not only does it create more work for you as the mom to constantly replenish the batteries, but also it creates noise and pardon me, annoyance, 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 like the parents, it's so much audio stimulation, especially when you have a couple kids that are all playing with something different. Um, my, both my girls got guitars recently as gifts. And one is like plays dog sounds. And one is a rock band guitar (laughs) and they love these toys. So I said, we can keep them, but they are outside toys. You can keep them inside, but when you want to play with them, you get to go outside and serenade our neighbors with it. And that works good for us, you know? And so you just kind of pick what works and you find creative ways to make it work for you. And I think that's the most important thing with decluttering toys is you just want to find what works best for your family and 
what are kind of your pain points with toys and then see if you can find creative solutions to solve that. So that was one of, and I'll let you get back to it to, to your, your outline of, of kids toys tips, but that was one of the questions that my, um, Instagram audience had was, should you have a, like all the toys in a playroom or in one room or one bedroom, which you already answered that. But one thing we did, so we live in Texas, we have a 1600 square foot house, all one level. Mm-hmm. And, and for, and it's small, it's, well, it's like two bedroom, one bath that we're renovating into three bedroom, two bath. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, but so she's in one room and we used to have toys just all over the house. Mm-hmm. And I finally moved them all to her room, but put mm-hmm. them, I'm well with your tips, I'm going to do, I'll do a before and after picture for you and tag you in it so that I can show you my after, but I, I love do, a good before and after <laughs> but I do the bin system where we have one bin for Monday, one for Tuesday, one for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Okay. And, and you know, as she gets older, she might just want, she might play with all of them, but like trade, like you said, mm-hmm. so me this back and I'll put it in. Um, so we do that. So we'll bring it's, you know, her bedroom is right next to the living room. So I'll be like, Hey, get some toys, bring them out to the living room. And then we put them back so that we actually have like an adult living room. That's nice. Yeah. And I don't see all these toys laying everywhere. And this is the only room her, her bedroom where we keep the toys. And then we keep a bucket of toys out on the back patio. Yes. Um, and so we have that, but I've not thought about putting some of the noisy toys outside because that sounds like a great idea. And if they get ruined, yeah. oh, uh, no, I just <laughs> going to recycling and the plastic. Here's me just like chucking certain toys outside. Oh no, water damage. No, I'm just joking. Right. Okay. What else do you have for us? Uh, to so play? I've kind of gone over the outline, but I would say something else about the playroom question. Um, another thing with playrooms is if you are going to have a playroom, because I understand it, it's so easy to say you don't need a playroom or you shouldn't need a playroom until you're in the house with your kids for 12 hours and you can't go outside because it's minus 36 or something like there are different people all over the world. Right. So one thing I would say is if you're going to create a playroom, try focusing on imaginative play and almost things that are larger that you don't have to put away. So what I'm thinking is climbing toys, things where you can have, maybe it's a swing that's hanging from the ceiling. Maybe it is somewhere that they do puppet shows. Maybe it's a kitchen. Maybe it's a stage where they perform or a slide or a little house Those kinds of things you don't have to clean up after and you don't have to put them away, but they're just stationary things that your kids get to play on and be creative. And I think that's one way to reduce your amount of picking up constantly is just by being creative with what you put in that room and being very strategic, even like a chalkboard wall, they can draw on it all the time, but now you don't have to keep all the pieces of paper and all of the art creations because they're just doing it on the wall. So that would be my other kind of playroom idea suggestion. Great idea. 
Um, do you want me to go over the questions from our yeah. Instagram audience? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. So you already answered the playroom, you know, toys, bedroom, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, what about what do I do for birthday parties when I'm requesting no presents, please? Cause sometimes people still bring presents and they don't listen mm -hmm. to you. Is there something else I can put on the invitation as a request so that people won't bring presents? So I think the biggest thing with this is to, you want to make it seem kind of more like you're taking the load off of them than you're, I guess, kind of dictating. Yeah. I think a nut a really nice, gracious way that I've seen it said is to say, we request your presence with a C, not your presence like T yeah. and just kind of saying, there's no pressure to bring a gift. We just want the pleasure of your presence kind of. And, and then that makes it more of a warm way of saying it. And I think that's the thing is sometimes we want to say it in a warm way. We just don't know how to approach it. And the thing is, what I've learned is there's always going to be people, whether it's in your family or friends or whatever, that want to bring a gift. Maybe it's been taught to them. Maybe it's been ingrained. Maybe their love language is gift giving. I have lots of gift givers in my family. And one of the things that I found, I think sometimes it's almost harder with family than just with friends when it comes to birthdays, is actually being able to give them a list of things that either your child does need, like they really need a bathing suit or they really could use rain boots, Yeah, yeah. things like that. You're always going to have a list of things that you need to get for your kid. Oh, so-and-so needs some more t-shirts. So just let them buy that, let them buy more t-shirts or let them get rain boots. That's something that they can still get, but it's a need. The other thing is you can always ask for books, ask for something very small at a party. I know something that's popular is asking for a book and asking them to write in it. Yeah. That would be something that would be small. I think most parents love getting books because we read the same ones over and over. Another idea is everybody saying, you know, the child really is saving up for this particular gift. If you're able and willing to chip in $5, we would love to put that towards the gift. And then you set it as a really small amount. So there's no pressure, but then people still feel like they're contributing. Yeah. And the last thing is experiences, um, especially when it comes to grandparents or aunts and uncles, maybe people who want to get something more substantial zoo passes, amusement park, going to the movies, those kinds of things, even better if they want to take the kids and do it as like a little date with, with the family, that kind of stuff is awesome. So I think it's kind of reading your crowd and what would go best, but maybe not always just saying no to gifts like you can, but you could even say something as we don't require a present. We just want to, you know, um, sorry, we request your presence, not a present. Yes. Uh, but if you feel inclined, so-and-so is saving up for this gift and you could chip in $5 if you'd like, you know, something like that. It feels a little bit, 
Um, they still have that option to give, but it's a very small option. And if the child's buying one thing, then it's not going to be a lot of small things entering the house. I love that. And mm-hmm. if your daughter's birthday coming up, I might use that. Or you know what fun idea I just thought of is to have, because usually it's all parents that you're inviting with the yeah. kiddos. Yeah. You could be like, have your child bring one of their gently used stuffed animals to put in a box that we're going to take to the SPCA. Yeah, that's a great idea. You get them to start and then listen to this episode and continue the decluttering process. Mm -hmm. Okay, another question I got was, what do you do when you're at the store, like Target or whatever, and your kids want to go down the toy aisle? Okay, so I, I feel like a few years ago, I came up with the best idea to nip this. (laughs) So I started doing it with my daughter kind of on a whim and it works with her every time. I don't know if it'll work with, with Quinn when she gets a little bit older, it did work the other day. Um, when she was yelling doll at me in Walmart, (laughs) but, um, so the first thing I do, cause Olivia actually asked me just a few days ago, mom, Oh mom, there's dolls over there. I see them. Can we go look at them? And I said, We can go and look at them. We won't be getting a doll today, but we can look at them. And so I kind of tell her before we even get over there, this is what the plan is. We won't be picking anything up today, but we can look. And then the follow-up to that is also, but if you get really upset and insist on having something after I've told you no, then that means that next time we're here, we're not going to be able to go over and look at the toys. So it's going to be up to you, you know, and you kind of put the onus, the responsibility a little bit on them. The other thing that I do, because I mean, there's going to be times where the child is going to see something and say, Oh my goodness, I really love this. Mm -hmm. Part of it is that the child wants to be heard, right? Like they want to know that you're hearing what they're saying. They want to know that you are, um, that you're hearing it, that you're taking it seriously. And so what I do with my daughter is I actually say to her, okay, hold it up. I'm going to take a picture of you with it. And I'm going to send the picture to Santa so that he knows what you want for Christmas. And that was like magic at Christmas time. And so now I'll usually do it. I'll do it for a birthday party. Sometimes it's, I'll send it to Santa. Sometimes it's, I'll hold on to this. And sometimes it's, oh, I'll send that picture to grandma and grandpa, you know, because if it is something that they really want, and I think that would work well in our house, then I have that. And then what I usually do is if she doesn't mention it ever again, then I don't do anything with it. But if she's still talking about it when she comes home, it's the same for us. If we see something we like and we never think about it again, we probably didn't need to buy that. But if we're thinking about it days, maybe even a week after, we really like that. So I take note of that. And then I'll put that in a file on my phone or I'll write it down in like a running list I have of gifts for her. And then I can, I have something to kind of draw from at a later time, but that way it really diffuses the situation in the moment. That is a perfect idea. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, The, I think one of the last questions, and you sort of touched on this, but you can expand. 
what are some good outside or backyard toys? So we don't actually have a lot of backyard toys, to be honest. Most of the toys that we have, um, my husband probably bought and the girls don't actually play with them that often. The things that I notice my kids play with the most, again, are the open-ended creativity. It's the water table, the pool, the slide, the little house that they can go into, um, different things like that, where they're just able to interact with it. I'm amazed at how much time they can spend outside. We actually had to get rid of our um, little water table because it got broken. And this summer I constantly will just fill up a big Tupperware of water, throw in a couple of my measuring cups, measuring spoons, a whisk, a strainer, and I'll just give it to them. And they'll be out there for over an hour easily. Um, we recently went to visit my parents in Kelowna and they didn't have any toys because they had just moved and everything's in storage. And so all they had, the person who lived there, um, brought down a little kiddie pool and a little playhouse. And that was all my girls had. And we got some shovels and, um, buckets for them for the beach. And that was what they played with for two weeks straight and hours upon hours at a time. My parents had like a little dirt area in the garden and my girls would fill it up with dirt. They would bring it to the house. They'd go back and fill it up. And they just did that forever. I don't even know how they were that into it, but they were. And it's amazing what kids will play with when they don't have a lot of other options like sticks and trees and grass and, you know, all sorts of things. But I would say the things that I see working the best are like a little kiddie pool, sprinklers, kids love sprinklers, Mm -hmm. um, buckets, water tables, bubbles, a toy house. Those are the things that I found to be probably the most successful and, and kind of outdoor activities. Yeah. I know my daughter loves helping me water all the plants. And yes. that's like not a toy, but she loves yes. doing it because she sees me do it. And I'm like, cool. Now I have somebody to water the plants. <laughs> I don't have to do it. <laughs> totally. So I love it. Is there anything else that you would like to add um, before I wrap up and tell everybody how to get a hold of you? No, I think that's, that's it for me. I, the biggest thing for me is just realizing that decluttering is really going to impact every area of your life. It is not just about getting rid of the clutter. It is once you take the physical clutter out of your house, you don't even realize that you actually picked up the mental clutter and you actually got rid of a bunch of emotional clutter too. It's all the stuff that is stuck to those items that you didn't realize. And all of a sudden you feel so much lighter And that's what I want for moms. I want all moms to just feel lighter and feel like they don't have to spend all of their time cleaning up after their kids. They actually get to just enjoy their kids. And that's what I want for all moms. I love it so much. Um, Okay. So you guys definitely go give Janine a follow on Instagram. I'm going to put that link below and how to get a hold of her. Um, Janine, remind us what is your Instagram handle? 
uh, at the Sunrise Village. Okay, I didn't want to get it incorrect and I didn't want to, I don't have my phone open right now. So um, I will link that below. I will get you guys um, Janine's bio and how you can get a hold of her, how you can work with her. Um, I'm definitely going to put some of this information and all of this contact info in the this episode in the five day spring cleaning challenge, the decluttering challenge in the physical on the day that's about physical space um and physical clutter and all that kind of stuff because man this was pure gold thank you so much i appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to all of us um and show us the importance of decluttering and give us all of these amazing tips oh thank you so much for having me i had so much fun yay i will be in touch soon you guys go reach out to janine give her a follow on instagram and i'll see y'all on the next episode Thanks for listening. For more Align Designs and to connect with Allison, go to aligndesigns.co. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to your wellness journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast.